Welcome to the Birth Library, I'm Georgie. In today's session, I chat with Amanda and Amanda talks about her easy pregnancy and um, then her positive vaginal birth, which happened at the Byron Birth Centre, although a lot of her labour was at home. Um, I just felt so in awe of Amanda's honesty and clarity around her feelings after her daughter's birth. That was a, a massive um, time for Amanda and she talks about her struggle as she morphed into a mother in the first few weeks of postpartum life and also the way in which society could be more honest and real about the complexities of becoming a parent. I really hope you enjoy. Thank you so much for joining me, Amanda. Thank you for having me, Georgie. It's a pleasure. So I thought we'd start things off by talking a little bit about your family and a little bit about yourself outside your role as a mama. Yeah, sure. So um, obviously my name's Amanda, um, my partner, Eddie, and we've got a six-month-old baby girl, Winnie. Um, I'm a primary school teacher and we live in Brunswick Heads. Gorgeous. And when we were organising your session, you mentioned that your partner, Eddie, works away. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the experience of having a partner that works away for you as a mother. Yeah, sure. Well, it's um, it's all very new at the moment. Eddie's been away for only two weeks now. Um, And it's definitely... Different. It's something that you've got to get used to, but mm. um, it's been yeah, it's been really good. Like I've got a great support network with my family. My mum and dad live close by, um, so they help out. And you know, friends are always so willing to help out if you need them. Or you know, Winnie's. I'm very lucky. Winnie's a very chilled out bug, so it's not too difficult. <laughs> Yeah, and it's so gorgeous to see in these situations the way that um, people come to you as support, as you were saying. Yeah, it's sort of, I felt like it really deepens relationships that you already have with people. Seeing them care for your baby is just, it's quite something else. It's quite a beautiful thing. So now I'm going to jump back to Winnie's Mm -hmm. conception. Could you Mm -hmm. tell us? about that journey for yourself and Eddie. Yeah, sure. So um, Eddie and I had been together for a couple of years and, um, you know, some friends of ours had started having kids and we talked about it a couple of times, but we didn't really come up with a, you know, a definitive answer as to when we would start our own family. And um, we had just moved house. We've moved from a two-bedroom tiny apartment to a big three-bedroom house. And about three days after we moved into our new house, I found out that I was pregnant with Winnie. So it was an absolute surprise. And um, it was even more amazing that the universe had just aligned up this 
bought some new house for us to move into and, you know, to start the next, next chapter of having a family. So it just all worked out really, really well. That's so incredible, sort of going yeah. from, yeah, the, the tiny little two-bedroom apartment to a house with three bedrooms. It's sort of yeah. the universe is saying, it's happening, yeah. It's happening. And, you know, we didn't even we didn't even realise that, obviously, I was pregnant or we didn't even move into the new house thinking, oh, this would be great for kids down the track. It all just happened. And yeah. next thing you knew, I was having a baby. So, yeah, we were really excited. And was that an easy experience for you, the first trimester of pregnancy and rolling even towards the end? How did you feel? Yeah, I felt um, pretty good. I had a few early inklings that something was changing. This was before mm. I knew that I was pregnant. Um, you know, my bras started to feel really tight and I was really tired after work each day, you know, more so than usual. But I'd kind of just put it all down to, oh, look, we're a little bit stressed and, you know, we've got a big move, we're moving house soon. And, you know, being a school teacher, it was towards the end of the term. So I thought that I was probably just getting really tired. Um, but then, yeah, I hadn't had my period for about, four or five weeks and took a pregnancy test and that's when I found out that I was pregnant. And so did you work through your pregnancy? Yep. Yeah, so I worked um, right up until I was 34 weeks when I started my maternity leave. But, you know, I'm fairly blessed being a school teacher because I do get excellent holidays. Mm. So I did have that really lovely six-week break over Christmas. And I think that's when I was, um, I would have been in my second trimester by then. So it was really nice to have that break. Yeah, just being able to stop and take it all in and relish those moments. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you find sort of moving into um, thinking about how you were going to give birth, did you find it quite an easy process to find the model of care that was suitable for you and Eddie? Yeah, it's funny because I didn't really think much of it. I just, you know, living in a rural area, there's not a lot of options in terms of hospital care. Um, So I just immediately assumed that I would go down, you know, a public model of care. Um, I heard that my closest hospital, which is Byron Central Hospital, they have an amazing new birth centre there. Um, and some people who'd birthed there before had really good things to say about it. And because it was so close to home, I just assumed that that would be the best option for me. So I rang ahead and uh, booked in with them. And I'll never forget the phone conversation. You know, I was giving them all my details and and then I was, um, I had to get off the phone. I said, yeah, okay, I've got to go. Thank you so much. And the midwife on the other end said, oh, look, just before you go, just to let you know, um, we don't offer any pain relief. I said, yeah, 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 that's fine. No problem. You know, hung up the phone. And then it wasn't till that night I was thinking about the conversation and I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, what? What have I done? I I didn't I haven't even thought about pain relief. You know, I was only twelve weeks pregnant. I was just getting my head around being pregnant. Mm. Um, hadn't considered 
the birth at all. <laughs> and um, all of a sudden I thought, oh no, have I, um, have I, you know, limited my options or, so I was kind of put in, um, I put myself in that situation really not knowing what I was in for. And from there, I just kind of pursued my pregnancy. I was quite blase about the whole thing. And, you know, I'm just, ignorance is bliss, so I'm just going to coast along. And, you know, I don't want to get too overwhelmed by too much information. And I just want to enjoy the experience. Um, But then a friend of mine who I worked with, she offered a book to read, and it was called The Labour of Love. And I can't remember the name of the author, but it was all about um, natural childbirth, um, particularly water births. And once I started reading that book, I just absolutely fell in love with, you know, that that style and that model of model of care. And I just knew that once again, <laughs> the universe had kind of aligned everything up for me perfectly because mm. after I read that book, that's when I decided yes, I really want to go down this route of natural childbirth, um, having a water birth, and coincidentally, the place where I booked to have the baby was perfect to facilitate that, so it all just worked out really nicely. Yeah, and that's so nice to sort of think about the way that, you know, your body was changing and also you were growing into the idea of labour and becoming a mother, and you didn't have sort of this set in stone um, sort of pre-idea of what you yeah. wanted but it, again it sort of grew and things just fell into your lap and it sounds yeah. like yeah. it was really lovely the way it evolved because mm. there was no pressure, um, I didn't have any expectations or I just yeah I was just happy for it all to unfold and I just trusted that everything would happen um, for my best interest yeah, and did that and sort my of, baby, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. And did that reveal itself for you in the third trimester? Did you have any complications there that would prohibit you from giving birth at Byron? No. So I was very lucky. Um, the birth, um, sorry, the pregnancy just proceeded very, very smoothly. Um, you know, everything. It was textbook basically. So I was very lucky to be able to birth at Byron. Yeah, that's great. Because there is a very sort of unique set of circumstances that you need to birth at Byron. So Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And could you talk us through um, sort of the week leading up to going into labour and the days before and the moment that you knew you were in labour, what were sort of the feelings and experiences that you were having yeah. there? So I'd finished work by this stage, so I had lots of time to, you know, prepare all the finishing touches for the nursery and and it was the day before I went into labour and I just had this urge to change the bassinet. I said, I can't use that that rocking bassinet, I've got to get this co-sleeper bassinet. So that was my mission and I was yeah. just absolutely fixated. So I drove to Tweed and got the new bassinet and got home and assembled it. And I remember it was hot and I was sweaty and just a woman on a mission to get this bassinet assembled. 
And that turned out that was the day before I went into labor. So I was really pleased with myself. I had everything finished and ready. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, I am getting a little bit, you know, over this, so to speak. Like mm. I'm I'm ready to meet my baby now. I'm ready to give birth. I'd done my hypnobirthing. I was, you know, mentally prepared, physically ready. And um, I woke up. It was a Friday morning. I went and did my usual coffee. But I just felt more of a need to take the day really slowly. So I sat down and had my coffee. And, you know, I went to the farmer's market and stocked up on fresh food. And then I did a big grocery shop and got home. And once again, I just kind of felt like this woman on a mission. I was getting myself all organized for the weekend and then I started cooking and preparing meals and I remember I got you know halfway through the day and I had this lower back pain it wasn't anything you know excruciating but it was just a discomfort and I remember thinking oh this is new like I haven't had this before Um, but I just put it down to the fact that I'd been pretty busy and I'd I've probably just done too much, you know, I need to rest. So I laid down and, you know, just took it easy for the rest of the afternoon. And then um, my partner got home from work, Eddie, and I told him, you know, I'm feeling a little funny today. It's just, I'm not quite sure what it is. I'm not in labor, but, you know, I'm just feeling a little funny. And he, you know, kind of acknowledged it. And he was actually supposed to be going to his brother's birthday party and that was up on the Gold Coast and I kind of said oh look maybe you should go because this could be your last chance to go out and have a good time before the baby comes and so he was going to go and then at the very last minute he just said oh no I think I'll stay home so I was happy with that because obviously I, I kind of felt like I needed someone to just be around and um, so the evening progressed and got to about eight o'clock and we're getting ready for bed. And I, I said to him again, I said, I, I still feel a bit funny. And by this stage, I had just some really light abdominal cramping, quite low in my belly. And I thought, oh, look, it's probably just the baby moving around or things are getting ready. And, you know, that's, that's all a good sign. So we went to sleep. And uh, I woke up about two hours later, it was about 10 o'clock, and I was having, you know, um, quite full-on cramps. And I thought, oh, okay, (laughs) this is something now. This is more than just a little bit of discomfort. This is actual, this feels like what I imagined contractions would feel like. So I couldn't sleep. So I took myself out into the lounge room and rolled around on the exercise ball and I thought I might start timing these contractions because they were coming and going. And over the next few hours, I just watched them and sat with them and, you know, practiced some of my hypnobirthing. And this took me right into the early hours of Saturday morning, around three, four o'clock in the morning. And things hadn't really changed or progressed by that stage. They were still just coming and going and you know, some were five minutes apart, some contractions were 10 minutes apart or eight minutes apart. They didn't really seem to be that pattern that I was, I was expecting more of a pattern. So in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, I could be in labor, but 
it also could be a false alarm. So I really didn't want to get too excited. And I didn't even wake up Eddie because I thought, look, if I am in labour, I could be in for a very, very long day. So I need him to be (laughs) well rested Mm -hmm. because there's no use both of us being completely tired and worn out. So from there, it was probably about four o'clock in the morning and then I went into my bedroom and I, I woke him up and I said, Eddie, I think this is it. Like, I think we're going to have the baby today. And so he immediately sprung into action. Oh, really? Wow, that's so exciting. And, you know, he didn't realize I'd been up all night. And he starts cleaning the house and, you know, getting the bag ready and doing all the stuff. And I said, look, I don't, I don't think we need to get too excited just yet. Let's just relax and we'll wait a few more hours and then we'll call the midwife and we'll see what they suggest we do. So um, from there, we called the midwife. It was about 8 o'clock in the morning. And, you know, she was very polite. You know, I was able to talk through my contractions. And they were starting to get more intense by this stage. But still, you know, some 10 minutes apart, some 8 minutes apart. It wasn't really a need to be too, um, too, too alert at this stage. So she said, look, just have some breakfast, get some rest. You're probably going to be in for a very long day. You'll probably even be in for a very long night. And by this stage, I'm thinking, oh, well, I actually haven't slept since I woke up on Thursday morning because it was now Saturday morning. I didn't sleep all Friday night. Um, I'm thinking, okay, sure, I'll, I'll try and get some rest and I'll try and have something to eat. So. That's what we did, um, but obviously I, I just couldn't sleep. Having contractions is definitely not a comfortable thing to go through and it's not very inducive of sleep. So I kind of rested on the couch and I wasn't moving around a lot. I thought, look, I'm really going to try and conserve my energy and stay as still as possible, roll around on the exercise ball. And I think I had some toast and then... I think a couple of hours later, you know, nothing had really happened. Everything was still the same. The contractions were getting a little bit more intense, but definitely not more frequent, which was what I was waiting for. My waters hadn't broken. Um, So, you know, those kind of telltale signs of labor, you know, what you expect to happen hadn't really happened yet. So I was still a little wary that everything might just wear off and I might still have to wait a few more days so we called the midwife back and she basically just reassured us saying look you're doing all the right things and um, you know keep moving around and we'll touch base in a few hours and by this stage I'm thinking okay like I've been in what I considered to be labour for at least 12 hours at this mm-hmm. stage and the contractions were getting very painful, um, but I was managing it very well by moving my body around. Um, so we, you know, did that around the house for a few more hours and this was all a part of my birth plan. You know, the idea was to stay at home for as long as possible. I really wanted as you know little intervention as possible and the idea of being able to labor just at home with Eddie was really appealing so we did that and then I 
had a few nice showers, but I was reluctant to get in the bath because the midwives have said, look, if you can try not to get in the bath, that would be good because that might relax you and it could really slow things down. So I, I stayed away from the bath knowing that I would hopefully have a water birth when I got to the hospital. So the showers were lovely, kept just contracting and, you know, I started getting really tired and the excitement was wearing off by this stage. I was getting a little agitated by looking at the same four walls. And so we rang the midwife back and it was about lunchtime by this stage. And she said, look, it would be a really good idea. We really want to get things moving along now because you have been in labor for a little while. Can you go? You know, I lived across the road from the beach. She said, can you go over to the beach and go for a walk? And by this stage, I just thought, are you crazy? Like, I can't go outside. <laughs> you know, every time I was having a contraction, I was crippling over and, you know, it was it was definitely not the kind of experience that I wanted to do outside <laughs> with all the general public around. So I said, look, I'm not going outside, but I'll walk up and down, you know, the hallway. So hung up and I thought, right, I really need to encourage things to get moving now so I proceeded to just walk up and down the hallway just over and over and over I don't know how long I did it for probably at least half an hour to 45 minutes walking around in circles and then things definitely kicked off from there the contractions were coming probably every two to three minutes and really intense to the point where I just couldn't figure out a position to get myself into to be comfortable or at least to be able to ride out the contraction so I thought good okay it's working we're getting somewhere and I think it was around two o'clock and I remember I was in the shower and I just said to Eddie I'm like I'm getting really over this I need I think I just needed someone to tell me how much longer or, you know, to to reaffirm that I was doing the right thing or in the right place. Or So by this stage, Eddie had also been talking uh, to my mum and kind of keeping her informed and the contractions started coming in pretty fast every one to two minutes. And so when he told my mum, you know, that my contractions were coming on really fast. Her response was, you guys need to go to the hospital right now. Like, no more waiting at home. You need to go in now because the baby's on its way. Mm. I just thought, oh, okay, look, I said, ring the midwives. I've had enough. I'm coming in. So, uh, Eddie, who was so good, (laughs) he rang our midwife and said, yeah, look, Amanda's really, really ready to come in. She said, yep, great, I'll meet you in there. So we were all ready to go. We got in the car and, oh, my gosh, I just remember that car ride was the slowest. (laughs) It's only about a 10 to 15-minute drive and it just, it felt so slow and I felt so, um, I felt so exposed. Mm. I really was aware of, not that people were looking, but I just, I felt like people were looking at me and I just wanted to be so hidden and 
and so, you know, private at that point in time. So um, we finally got to the hospital and I just, you know, walked straight into the maternity ward and she let me in. And as soon as I got into our birth suite, I had a massive contraction and I could just tell from her expression in the way she was talking to me, like she wasn't just being polite anymore. She knew that the baby was coming pretty quick. Um, and this was about four o'clock in the afternoon by the time we were at the hospital. So she said, look, I think we should get in the bath. And the bath has already run and it just looked like heaven. So I got myself into the bath and the moment I got in, it was just instant, oh, instant relief. Like it actually gives me goosebumps thinking about it now because I'll never forget how relieved I felt. It was a physical relief, but also emotionally, I just felt like I'm here, I'm I'm in the place where I'm supposed to be and I'm going to have the baby now. So we were in the bath and it was just, I was relieved, but then things started to happen very, very quickly and um, I had no idea how dilated I was but I had a few really big contractions quite close together. And I just said to my midwife, Sarah, I said, I think I'm going to have to start pushing. But obviously when it's your first baby, you have no idea what labor is. You don't know how to give birth. So I didn't, I didn't know, am I supposed to start pushing now? And I was looking for a bit of reassurance from her. And her response was, she just said, look, you just do whatever you feel like your body is telling you to do. Mm. So I, on the next contraction after that, I gave a push and that felt right. So she, she encouraged me and I remember she said, I definitely think you're going to be having this baby by the time the sun goes down. And the rest is a little bit of a blur because I was so, so tired by this stage. It was, you know, quarter to five in the afternoon and I hadn't slept for a really long time and I'd been in labour for a really long time and I remember going through my transition and all of a sudden I just, in my head, I just said, I do not want to do this anymore and I just wanted to put the, the responsibility on someone else. I wanted I just wanted to say, look, someone else can take over. I need a break. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I just said out loud, this really, really hurts. And, you know, I was encouraged saying, you know, the, the pain's a sign of your baby coming. And so from then, it was, I was just a woman on a mission. I just, in my head, I just said, right, that's it. Baby's coming out now. And um, gave another big push and her head was out. And from there, I just felt like, oh, my God, thank God. I'm, I'm making progress, you know, her head's out. And I think on the next big push, her body came out and it was just the most be beautiful experience. I, I caught her and brought her up onto my chest. But um, I couldn't quite bring her all the way up because her umbilical cord was wrapped around her neck. So I wanted to do the delayed cord clamping and 
pulls out, but because the cord is around her neck and she was a little blue, a little unres- um, unresponsive, so the cord was cut straight away. And um, when he was then put up on my chest, but she was still not breathing properly. So from there, she was taken by the midwives, and midwives asked us, okay, if um, she could take Winnie and just to make sure she was okay, give her a little bit of a help along. Um, so they did, and I remember just feeling so relieved, like just the relief of it all over was instant and just mm. it was huge. It was such a big, big sense of relief. And I just had such trust and such faith, like I wasn't worried about winning at all. I just knew, I knew that it was all done now. Um, and the midwives got her breathing again in no time and all of a sudden, you know, we just heard this big cry and we knew that she was she was ready to go and she was with us. And um yeah, so that was that was the birth of Winnie and it was just such a very, very quick experience by the time we got to the hospital at four o'clock. She was born at four fifty no, four forty nine. So I was only there for about fifty minutes and um and then she was with us. So the last part of the labor was very, very fast. Sort of get this sense of things just happening, just sort of falling yeah. into place and even sort of at the end as you talked about the midwife taking Winnie away and you just knowing everything was okay and just having this trust. So you had a really positive birth experience. How did that sort of lend itself to your initial stages of postpartum? What were those first few weeks like for you? Yeah, it was funny because, you know, as I spoke about previously, the pregnancy and the birth of Winnie was, you know, so... Um, positive and you know qu- you know quite straightforward and once I got home from the hospital you know we're only in the hospital for about three hours and then we're on our way home which was you know totally fine we knew that that was the um, procedure Byron birth suite um, but then once we got home it just I just felt really isolated and very much, I felt like we were very much on our own. And that can be quite confronting because obviously the um, the act of getting to know and, you know, feeding and bonding and that's huge. Like getting to know a new person after you've brought this life into the world, it's just such a... You can't even like quantify how large that that experience and how important those first few days and weeks mm. are. And I just found I was so unprepared for the way I was going to be feeling, but also that confronting um feeling of you have the realization that your life has completely changed now and it's in an instant it, it, there's no lead up to it or there's no practice or you don't get to just be a mother for 
12 hours a day and then you can have a break. It's 24-7. You, you're now somebody's mother and they depend on, their life depends on you. So I felt that transition was really confronting because I had never been responsible for something of that bigger magnitude before. Like, you know, we all have responsibility in our day-to-day lives with our jobs or, you know, with, you know, things we have to do at home or with our families and our friends. But this was a responsibility that I'd never felt before. I just, I, I had this overwhelming feeling that I was trapped. You know, I couldn't even leave the house if I wanted to. This is in the first few days, obviously. Um, but just, yeah, I felt really smothered because I could not switch off from this new role of being a mum. Obviously, because I'm learning. So I wanted to learn as much as I possibly could to be the best mother that I could for Winnie. And that meant constantly critiquing and thinking about how I could improve and taking everything in and you know, cherishing my new baby and trying to get to know her and and then also still trying to have a relationship with your partner at the same time. So there's now three people in the scenario. It was really, really confronting. Mm. Um, yeah, and I just remember in those first few weeks of just feeling like a deer in headlights, just completely shocked about the enormity of it all and the fact that this is it now for me forever and I couldn't see any light at the end of the tunnel obviously with your first child you don't know what you're in for you don't know what it's like and now we're at the six month mark you know I am loving it and I every day is amazing and you know you just form such a special bond with your baby and life is totally different now and I do get out and I do have time to myself and we've got great routines and Winnie's such a happy baby. But in those first few days, you just, there's no end in sight. You just honestly feel suffocated by your new role. And it was quite scary to think that, how am I supposed to be the best mother that I can be if everything that I once was I can't do that anymore. So that was really challenging to get used to that. And I do remember this one point, you know, I think it was one or two weeks into postpartum and I was standing in my kitchen and I just thought to myself, like, why do people do this? Like, why why have I been tricked into thinking that this is supposed to be the most beautiful, magical, amazing, love-filled experience of my life because I don't feel like that right now. I felt I I was so sleep deprived and you know, there's so many women who have probably a much more traumatic and um intense experience at motherhood than what I did, but you know, to say that I had a really easy pregnancy and a great birth and I still felt like this, imagine what some people must be going through. So I almost felt a little bit bitter and that society had led me astray to believe that this was this really, you know, 
magical time when in fact it was the hardest time of my life and and possibly also the worst I had ever felt in my life at the same time because I just had no control. Mm. I had no idea what I was doing. I was trying to, you know, connect and form a love with my baby, which was happening. But, yeah, it was just not as easy as what I was led to believe it would be, I suppose you could say. And the the way that you talked about your experience there so openly and so clearly, I think you've just mm. really sort of depicted those those feelings that some women can have, some people can have, and often that can be a really lonely experience because there's nowhere to land those feelings. You you know yeah. you you sort of feel like you need to be the the strong the strong mother who is as you said there 24 7 and yeah yeah so did you feel supported in the those moments was there anywhere that you could um talk about what you were experiencing and get some support it's funny because I think at the time I didn't really want to reach out to any you know, services, so to speak, because I didn't really felt like, I didn't really feel like I, it was my place to do so. I kind of had this sense of, oh, there's people out there that are doing it way more tough than me. You know, I've got great family support and great friends and my partner's amazing. And, you know, so I, I almost felt like a bit selfish. So I didn't, I didn't reach out to anyone other than obviously some really beautiful girlfriends that I had who had just had babies around the same time. And I remember talking to one of one of my friends one day and I, she'd already had a baby. And I just said to her, like, when does this get better? <laughs> Where, when am I going to start getting some sleep or, or feeling like I actually do love this? Because I was just absolutely hated being asked that question by you know strangers or friends or family or whatever but you know how they people come up to you and they say oh so you're just loving it Mm. and it was funny because sometimes I just go along with it and say oh yeah yeah it's great you know I was literally counting my sleep in minutes every night and I I reckon I went the first four days of Winnie's life of getting no sleep whatsoever. And I was going crazy. Like I I was so irrational and extremely emotional, which I know that's very normal, especially with the hormones that, you know, your hormones are going crazy. But when you're feeling like that and then people ask you this question and you know that you're supposed to say, oh, yes, I'm loving it this is the best experience of my life or yes, I'm loving it. But I just wanted to tell the truth and just, so sometimes I would. Some, and the pe- people's reactions was really interesting because some people would look at me after I've said, um, actually, no, I'm not loving it right now. I'm, I'm learning and it's a challenge and I love my baby and I know it's going to be all right. But I can't really say that the word amazing is something is a word that I would use to describe this experience right now. 
And the look of shock on some people's faces is just priceless. They would just kind of think, oh, my God, like, get me away from this woman, you know. But it was the truth. And I think a lot of people need to really think about the way they word those questions to new mums. Like, are you loving it? Well, what do you want me to say? Do you want me to lie to you? Or do you want me to tell you exactly what it's like? So I found that question really, it was quite a loaded question and I just, I became to really loathe it over time. I think something more suitable would be how are you adjusting to motherhood or how is Winnie going or how are you feeling or rather than are you loving it because it's just this crazy experience where six months down the track, if someone says to me now, are you loving being a mother? course I am I love it every single day but in those first few weeks it's really hard to even just come up with one word to describe it because it's just such a wild experience yeah and within that experience you know there's such a broad range of um, journeys that people Mm. have in in those first stages of motherhood and I think as you said that's so important for people to keep in mind when they're talking to new mothers that we're all having very different experiences and mm. when you ask a question like that it is very um sort of one-sided isn't it yeah, yeah. and it can make you feel guilty because mm. you know that you're supposed to say yes I'm loving it another thing that I wanted to go back on when you asked the question about did I um reach out to any um support networks Mm. I found myself turning to Google a lot and that was such a destructive vortex to go into because there's just so much information out there and not all of it is constructive or so once I started going into that Google vortex of you know am I breastfeeding correctly how many times a day should my baby be feeding you know, how many hours of sleep should my baby be getting? And when the answers that you read online don't match up with what you're experiencing, that's when you start questioning and criticizing what you're doing. And yeah, so that was a really, um, really not a good place to go, to go down. I wish that I had have just made a phone call or written an email to, you know, a professional who could have given me personalized advice yeah we're so saturated in information yeah um my dad is a gp obstetrician and we were talking about this just the other day actually really Yeah. yeah he said um because i take my son to play group and my dad comes with me and the director of the play group um asked dad if he would talk to the playgroup, talk to the mothers about his yeah. role. And um, my dad doesn't like public speaking, so he decided <laughs> not to do it. But yeah. we were talking afterwards and he said, if I did do that talk, the one piece of advice, probably the only thing I would say is trust your instinct yeah. and don't Google things. Yeah. So, yeah, it was funny Very that good advice. brought that up because, yeah, he just sees so many parents that are just frantic and it's yeah. because they're on Google giving, um, getting, you know, 
five different conflicting bits yeah. of advice and yeah. it's like their instinct as well has been completely clouded because they've they've just yeah it's just too That's much information exactly right and as a new mum your instincts are already um you know they're there but you're a little bit your confidence is so low because you don't you don't know what you're doing half the time so mm. it's like you want someone else just to just to tell you what you want to hear or support what you're thinking um so you're kind of just take on any advice that you can possibly find i just want to thank you so much for your honesty there and for being so open and so real and raw because that's going to help many women and even you know looking back i think it helps women who have been through that experience just to mm -hmm. hear their experiences echoed and hear someone else saying yes i went through that too and then, of yeah. course, for people that are going into the motherhood experience to know that that is all normal. and Yeah, and, and that's right. As you use the word normal, and once I did start talking to more mothers, I realized that what I was going through was very common. Mm. Um, so that's why I felt it was really important to touch on it because if it's so common, why wouldn't anyone say so? <laughs> Thank you so much, Georgie. And I also wanted to... You know, thank you not only for listening to my story, but for, you know, creating such a beautiful community for women. And, you know, I think recording and um, listening to birth stories, is it can be such a therapeutic experience for the mother who's given birth or even new mums-to-be. So I really thank you for, for what you're doing. It's a really beautiful, beautiful thing. And thank you for listening to Amanda's story. This is The Birth Library and you can follow along on both Instagram and Facebook. And if you yourself have a birth story that you'd like to share, please do get in touch because I would love to hear from you.